Welcome. I hope you enjoy the conversation you're about to see between me and another comedian about religion and comedy. These are conversations I'm calling Disorganized Religion. God bless. And for those atheists out there, may nothing await you after this life. Welcome, nerds. I hope you're all doing well. We are in the midst of the COVID-19. We're just deep in it now. It's never going to end. April 30th is the new end date. And there is no better way to celebrate the extension of the hunkering than to have the fantastic and mighty Zach Mendez, the hunker king on Disorganized Religion Today. Thank you for joining me, Zach. Thank you so much for having me, Seth. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. So uh, tell us about this this Instagram phenomenon that you have begun. Um, You know, uh, so I know for some people, the hunker started at different times. But for me, it was right when the NBA canceled the jazz game. That was Uh I was going to watch that night. When that happened, I realized this was actually going to be a thing. And so I I, I started saying, we're going to have to be hunkered down. And I was just so, I was so amused by the word as I kept saying it with my roommate Raj over and over and over again. I thought it'd be funny to have uh, kind of a, a one man trying to run a radio station from his house that's yeah. being filmed. But the radio, there's no radio. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, he tries to fill all the positions of a news station, right? He tries yeah. to comment on fashion. And it's yeah. kind of a, him being shorthanded is the joke, but. I yeah. love it. Well, it's like a, an old-timey radio show kind of feel, where there's one guy or two guys in the box doing all voices for you know a bunch of different callers and all that nonsense. It's got a it's got a fun feel to it. Yeah, it is not fun for my roommates now because I was doing. I've never used iMovie, and so I was oh. doing take after take after take after take, like in the morning, <laughs> being like, Bleh. and they had it. They had it, so I offered to buy them headphones so I could keep doing it. So that's, it's on a hiatus currently. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But no, it, things are okay over here now. Yeah, good, 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 good. So it's only one or two minute clips, right? It's not. Yeah, it's all it yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure I wasn't personally missing anything. It's the height of silliness and stupidity. Yeah. It's great. It's very Thank great. You. And the white tie news is beautiful. Black tie news. Adam. Black tie. The black tie news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're home for the elegant truth. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. How long have you been doing stand-up, Zach? Uh, I started doing stand-up uh, in December of last year. So not counting the quarantine time, like uh, 15 months. I, I'm like a baby, I guess. So you still say the months. 15 right. months. Right. When you're still so young, you stay months. 15 yeah. months. Yeah. I wish we counted all age and months, honestly. Then people would feel so old, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. You're like, what do you got? 390? Yeah, I got 360. Just lose track after a while. No big deal. Who cares anymore? So yeah, 15 months. 15 months. Gotcha. So what drew you- And acting. Yeah. Sorry, and acting. Acting for about five before that. So, Got it. Oh, so you transitioned pretty quick from acting to stand-up. Well, yeah. I mean, I still, I still, for the most part, uh, you know, I do commercials and uh, right. I still go out for auditions and whatnot. I'll get a bit part here and there. So I still yeah. do that a lot, but I've just always wanted to do stand up. Um, right? I, mm-hmm. I tried improv and I was horrid at it. Really? I did two years of being horrid at improv, or maybe I just never went consistent enough. Yeah. Um, but after I went for the first, you know, after the first, first, fifth, First 50 open mics, I was sold on stand-up. Was, <laughs> but it took 50 before you were like, no, this is where I want to be. Well, it's the only way, it's the only way you, only thing you can do where you can get better anytime you want to. 
Uh, you're not on anybody right. else's schedule. You know, I'm not, I'm not waiting for some improv group in Encino to gather in Jonathan's yeah. garage and the teacher, you know, Tabitha yeah. to show up. I, yeah, no, that is true. That is true. It's so, exhausting. Uh, so you always wanted to do stand-up? Did you like grow up watching stand-up or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I wanted to be, uh, you know, uh, I, I grew up watching George Carlin was the first thing stand-up I ever saw. And I was like nine. I didn't really understand it, but I yeah. kept watching it over and over again. And I really enjoyed it. Um, and I always did things like, um, acting that was got a chance to perform, but I never had to write my own jokes and tell my own jokes. That seemed very scary to me for a while. And I think I was everything else, whether it be writing plays or acting was kind of foreplay to stand up. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It felt like, yeah. Finally. Gotcha. So, uh, what, what is it about stand up that you like? What, what drew you to it? Do you think? The simplicity, right? It's uh-huh. just you and a mic and a stage. Um, and a specific amount of time in which you have to communicate whatever you so choose. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, um, that challenge as well as the simplicity of it is what you, how long have you been doing stand up? by the way? I didn't ask you. And oh, I don't know. Uh, so it's been what? I think I'm in my third year. Yeah. See, I would have said much, many more years or many oh, more yeah. months. No. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm relatively new as well at all. This. Your kids are enjoying the shit out of splash by the way. <sighs> <laughs> there are so much and i wish they were in bed but you know i only have so much power it's oh, funny uh, you have your kids downstairs watching splash and i have my roommates playing poker and the uh, other virtually with a bunch of people yeah sure now you know my son and i i got a little poker set with chips and cards and my son loves it he's five and knows all the hands he's got his own strategy down it's ridiculous now, I might be jumping out of turn with this question. If I have a question, if here's a question. Yeah, go for it. I, go for it. If, this can won't you, count as your, as count your what's the deal with Mormonism question. question. No. Can you gamble? No. 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 So, but you can play the game and right. discuss it mentally, uh, academically, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we yeah. play it, you know, for fun. We have chips. There's no buy-in when I'm playing with my five-year-old. And uh, when I, if I were to ever play, it would never be with a buy-in. You know, okay. I, I just, let's just play for fakesies, huh? Just yeah. for fun. Yeah. Okay. Know? Okay. I might have a follow up on that later, but please. I sure. don't want to do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where are you from? Did you do all stand up in LA then? Yeah. I mean, I, I did stand up when I was in college. Uh, I was at college, University of Virginia, and I did playwriting oh, okay. and then I did stand up and I did two shows. Um, and I moved uh-huh. to Miami and I couldn't find a single place to do stand up. Every time I showed up, it was a bar that was actually, you know, having reggae night. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I got really discouraged, and it wasn't until I came out here that I started doing uh, stand up again. I would always stop and start. You yeah. know, you go out and you you have you write one joke, and it gives you enough confidence to go to the open mic. They used to have an open mic at the comedy store outside. I went uh-huh. to that. Oh, okay. About books. Yeah. Um, and just the looks of disappointment in the audience members stayed with you. And so you're like, you know what? I'm not going to do that for another half of a year. <laughs> the outside, fully lit. Four o'clock in the afternoon, buses yeah. are going by. Yeah. I mean, that's very brutal. Out, outdoor comedy is brutal. But I didn't know any better. I didn't know where I could go and sure. get a chance to. Yeah, so. Sure. So now, have you done any virtual shows or virtual open mics during the, the hunkering? No. See, what I, no, I haven't. Yeah. But I do, we do play poker and we all get on Skype and I try uh-huh. to make people laugh. So I kind of use that. That's what I was going to say is if you play five bucks for a buy it in poker, yeah, and you treat it like an open mic because you're on the Zoom. Ah, you're just talking. Shit. 
trying to make people laugh. And whether yeah. you win or lose the material to you, it's the same thing. As right. Like, you know what I mean? Right. I'm just saying, is that a loophole, do you think? I don't think it is. Not if I'm keeping the winnings. Okay, quick, quick. Okay. I, I could probably give back the winnings and then I would feel better about it. Roger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I would win, right? That's yeah. clearly the assumption that I'm making. You have the look uh, of somebody who'd be very good at poker. My wife claims I'm terrible at it, but I we played once with torn up pieces of paper when we were dating and she slaughtered me, but it's because I had no idea that she never folded. She just never folded. That's so, adorable, by the way. That's her strategy. That's and, romantic and adorable. Yeah, now that I know that that's her strat, it goes a little bit smoother now, you know? I know I can pick the hands and reel her in if I need yeah. to. Because she's, yeah, she's not going to fold. She's not. Let her bet into you. Let her bet into you. Exactly. 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 But you got to play one or two hands, get a read on your opponents, you know. And uh, anyway, so it took us. It took us a while, but I'm there now. I'm there now. Uh, so, so Virginia, you started. Do you yeah. count that technically, or do you kind of wait until you really made it to LA to count the fifteen? Yeah, months? the months didn't count until I did them consecutively. I feel okay. as though stop and start if you do six open mics and then you don't do another open mic for a year yeah it's gonna it's gonna be tough to build experience right right so i don't count it until um yeah it was miss mazel i was watching marvelous miss mazel which made me do my first open mic i say i lose a little respect <laughs> i don't care yeah. dude that show is amazing okay first of all Tony Schmoob yeah. is a t- towering in that show and mitch mazel played beautifully by Miss Brosnahan, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Now she made stand up look a lot of fun. Yeah, her dad's the guy who played Monk, right? Tony Shalhoub, yes. Yeah, Tony Shalhoub. I mean, he's fantastic. Yeah. But oh, uh, yeah, my, my mother in law and I, we get along very well. But we got along even better before Marvelous Mrs. Maisel came out. And then when it came out, you know, I'd already been doing stand up for a bit. So she thought, like, oh, this is going to be a great way to, for us to connect. I'll watch this. She loved it. She called me up and was like, oh, Seth, do you love Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? And I had to be like, I hate it. And I think it broke her heart a little bit. So, <laughs> a lot of people hate it. I've had this argument with several people that hate yeah. it vehemently. Yeah. But I'm fine. I, 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 there's room for that too. Sure. Uh, you know, we just, that's the one thing about stand up that I really like is I am naturally not a very confident person in my own opinions of subjective things. Yeah. Right. If there's a fact, I like to know it. And then I don't worry about if other people don't, you know what I mean? Like, don't argue with me about a fact. We can argue about a fact. That's fine. But with subjective things, I get very insecure about my own opinions on these things and then doing stand-up that's helped me be more secure about yeah other people can disagree but that's because they're idiots you know they don't, exactly they don't, see, like, they don't see it yeah uh okay so you started in la technically that's technically really where in you los feel, angeles yeah you began and have done all stand-up in la then mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. consistently gotcha gotcha what was your first show like uh, it was the belly room. It was a bringer show at the belly sure. room. Hey, uh, yeah. We all, yeah. We all have to yep. do it, you know? Yep. <laughs> Which yep. show was it? Was it with, you don't have to name drop if you don't want to. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it was a Friday like your experience. Friday night show. I, I had a very good first experience. Yeah. I had been working for about at that point, what was three or four months on the same five minutes over and over and over sure. and over and over like a madman. Uh, yeah. 
and I was doing little else. And so I felt really good about the five minutes going into it. And I got laughs. Yeah. You know, I didn't bring the place down, but I got laughs. Yeah. And that that probably felt, man, that was one of the more enjoyable lives, nights of yeah. my life. Yeah. You know, because before that I had little evidence that I deserve to ask for your attention for five minutes, <laughs> you know, in that capacity, in that capacity, sure. writing and delivering your own jokes. Sure. Uh, so that was really, really heartening. It's like, yeah. okay, okay, I can yeah. do this for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and that was my first show. And then, you know, ever since. Is, stop. <laughs> Has it really been that bad ever since? No, no, I been. say that. No, they haven't been ever since. They've been different and wonderful. Yeah. I've gotten much well, you, you, you know, I think at the beginning, you're very concerned about the crowd's response. A lot of your self-worth right. is in the throats of the crowd, whether or not yeah. they give you that vibration or not. And yeah. then at some point, you realize how unhealthy that is and how unfun yeah. that is. Well, and inaccurate. Inaccurate. Right? It's not well. even, yeah, I just think it's, it's inaccurate because, I mean, it'd be one thing if we were selling theaters and they all came to see us and then we didn't do well. I think that's more accurate when you're basing it on audience reaction than doing a bringer show at the belly room or doing some random open mic or doing some other show in a bar, you know, because uh, they're there to see whoever it is they're there to see, or they don't even know stand up is happening. Exactly. And right. so if you can win them over, that's a great indicator. But if you're not crushing in that room, I don't feel like that's evidence that you're terrible, you know? No. no. And so I stopped, uh, I think that helped me stop wondering what you yeah. want so much. Hey, what do they want to hear? What do they want to hear? You know? Yeah. That yeah. kind of thought process. Right. So that was a really big moment for me, but yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, been, it's fun to now, uh, to now not to know I'm not as nervous performing in front of as many people. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, so is there, let's talk about a, a night that you sort of chase, you know, there's a, there's an audience reaction that you sort of live to, to top. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then I want to talk, let's start first though. So think about the great, great night that you're trying to relive again yeah. and do better than. And, but I first want to talk about a bomb. Has there been a memorable bomb for you? Okay. Okay. So this could be, I think, I think this would be defined by a third party as a bomb. Okay. It'd be defined as my biggest bomb. I refuse to see it as a bomb. All right. And I, we discussed this, I believe. Yeah. This was at the first time I was ever at the improv. Uh huh. Tuesday, right? Oh, yeah. When uh, they Tuesday. did the open mic in they the main the room. They did the open mic in the main room. And yeah. at that point, I didn't want to go there because I didn't want to, 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 I didn't feel as though I wanted to perform with those people. But all <laughs> the people I wanted to be friends with were going to go. So I said, oh, I'll just go and I won't get picked. Sure. And I got picked. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm just going to do my, you know, my, my Spanish character bit. That yeah. I do where I pretend to be my father and I don't like these. It's, you know, <laughs> you either like it or you don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then in the halfway through, I'm going to break and do another joke that I yeah. think would be really funny. And it, I was getting what I thought. I thought I was basically bombing in my Spanish father. Uh -huh. And then I switched over and I was like talking like this. And I was like, just kidding, guys. I'm not from Spain. I just came from improv. And I was just setting, <laughs> I was just setting up the other joke. And on improv, the rain of booze, Seth. Oh, yeah. The rain of booze. Yeah. I can still hear them in my soul today. I was, I was there. I was there. <laughs> and it was profound. It was profound. It opened up a portal to hell, I think. It's hilarious. 
Yeah. It was, it was very funny yeah. now to me. <laughs> after, after that, I was, yeah, I was shook. I was like, God, yeah. do they not like me? Am I hated? Well, there is, there is definitely, as I've gotten more and more into stand-up, there is definitely a stigma that I did not know existed between stand-up and improv. Yeah. And I, I, don't, that <laughs> I don't think it goes improv to stand-up. I think it is just stand-up to improv. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no animosity from the improv community. No, so. I mean, improv people are so nice and supportive. And yes, Andy. Sweethearts. Sweethearts, yeah. every one of them. And stand-ups are, are like, get that Winnie the Pooh crap out mm. of here. We yeah. do not want the happy-go-lucky. And so I never knew if it was the mention of improv, the breaking of the character, or me. It could have been, I think, as a tornado of all three. I think it was mostly just two. Two, the two. Yeah. The, two, uh, yeah. the breaking of the character, the mention of improv. Yeah. So that was, that was, um, yeah. A, yeah. A, that's um, one to remember. That's a great one. A yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. And then a memorable one on the upside, on the, on the good. The upside. Well, I did the, I did the Ice House, um, the mm-hmm. second stage of the Ice House, uh, the lovely and kind Dave McNary show. Yeah, and it Sunday. was a great. It was like it was fifty people there, sixty yeah. people. It was a good crowd. Yeah, and I did you know start with the Spanish character and I switched, um, and it didn't go as bad. It went it went yeah. quite well. Yeah, it yeah. went quite well the whole yeah. set. Um, it's because uh, normal and, people just support art. They are well, not. The, anyhow, go on. No, no, you're no, but you're exactly right. But it was kind of a, a it felt a red crowd, a more Republican-y crowd. Uh-huh. Um, so I finished my set and I feel as I did really well. And a woman come up to me and she goes, I liked it better when you were the Puerto Rican man. And just <laughs> <laughs> walked away. I thought, I think, see, that's, she liked the other one better. So. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So where are you from? I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then right after I did a... I, moved to Miami right after college and I was a teacher there for four years. And that's when I found a ad on Craigslist to find a manager in LA. Oh, is that <laughs> yeah. right? And, and Craigslist. you pursued that. I pursued a Craigslist ad to Fort Lauderdale from Miami. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. That's Zach. amazing. You've got a lot of faith. You've got a lot of faith, Zach. Don't I look like the type of individual who pursues Craigslist ad? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. And yes, no? I guess okay. at the same time. No, no. Uh, but yeah, you, yeah, and you said your dad sounds—is he a Spaniard? Cuban. My fa- my father's from Spain. Spain. Uh, yeah, he's from Galicia, uh, yeah. which is the northwest of Spain. And uh, he came here in the late '60s, and then eventually married my mother, who is a Jew from Richmond, Virginia. No, no kidding. Yeah, and he was 36 when they got yeah. married, and my mom was 18, which was like a big to do in the in the Richmond community at the time. I think. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a big to-do anywhere. Yeah, and a foreigner, nonetheless. Yeah, right, right. That's amazing. So mm-hmm. you speak Spanish, grew up speaking Spanish? I grew up speaking some Spanish. I have a very good accent. But uh-huh. I had a, yeah, it, but it'd be funny because I could respond to you with an excellent accent. Hola. And you'll yeah. continue Spanish and I'll have no idea. <laughs> but, but That's got to be killer in L.A. then. No, but I no, I, I learned how to speak Spanish because I got a Spanish girlfriend. And that's uh, really the only way. Because my father, I, we didn't really speak Spanish to each other when I was growing up. And so I yeah. just, I know his accent really well. And that's sure. about it. So how yeah. old is your girlfriend? Is she 14? Just to keep the ratio alive? Or no? <laughs> my, well, this, <laughs> my current girlfriend is my age. My current girlfriend oh, okay. is my age. I just wasn't sure how 
I wasn't sure how far you followed in your father's footsteps. No, 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 not that closely. Not that closely. Well, good for you. Good for you. (laughs) So now are either of your parents religious? Um, I, my father was raised very Catholic in Catholic schools and my mother was raised Jewish. Um, but neither of them would, would call devout or practicing Uh in any way. No. So did you grow up in Catholic? Like, did you go to Catholic school? I went to, I went to, uh, what would be called a more Christian school, but I was, uh, I was raised Jewish. My mother's Jewish and my grandmother's Jewish. So culturally and religiously I'm Jewish. It yeah. goes, you know, through the through maternal right. line. Right. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a Jew. And my so, father just kind of put down the whole Catholic thing. And he kind of looks like a Jew, so he just went with it. Yeah. Yeah. He fit in great at synagogues. He held the Torah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Did he convert to Judaism? No. So okay. there was, before they got married, there was an issue because my, my, my Jewish grandmother was like, wait a second. My daughter yeah. can't be marrying a, a non-Jew. And yeah. he went to a rabbi and apparently this is what the rabbi said. I think yeah. this I don't think it's necessary for the man. Yeah. I don't, I think it's, but the rabbi said his name is Mendez Picon. And apparently uh-huh. the Picons, those types of Jews were, uh, those types of were Jewish in Spain before the inquisition. So he's like, basically, so he's probably Jewish, but he just, yeah. you know, converted during the inquisition because he was getting tortured. Not <sighs> my father, but his line, you know? Right. So he's still actually Jewish. So they just, Gerardo just, my father just went with the fact that he was Jewish. Yeah. Oh, that's like, cool. I'm, I'm Jewish now. Okay. <laughs> I guess so. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. 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 So did you grow up going to temple then or just not at all? Temple. Yeah. I would go to temple, uh, synagogue. Yeah. Um, up until, up until my grandfather died and oh, he was okay. kind of the person who made us go to temple. And then the Jewish side of my family and my family had a, big to do a whole oh. fight a little donny brook a dust up you yeah. know what i mean yeah and they hated my parents so they just booked it to vermont and okay. so we just did our version of judaism from then on and we didn't go to places to do it oh things okay. like you know like doing hanukkah not like every night but you know what like hey we're gonna do the first night the middle night and the last night you know what oh. i mean stuff like that yeah and passover we don't read the book you know, but we do hide the matzah, things yeah. like this. Yeah. Are you following me with the Jewish traditions? Are you? Are yeah. You yeah. Okay. No. So I know that there are eight nights. I just don't know why you'd pick the first, middle, and last for Hanukkah. Uh, just because, you know, beginning, middle, and end is story. Oh, okay. Just because, yeah. you, you know, this story, all you do on Hanukkah is you say the Hanukkah blessing, you light the candle, and you light the other candle. And every yeah. night you light you do the same thing. Yeah. After six nights, it's absolutely exhausting. It's ridiculous. Is that right? Like, and my mom can't take it anymore. She is good enough to hear with the multiple nights of cooking and stuff like yeah, that. And yeah. My father, my father doesn't have time for this. Yeah. So ended up now we'll just do it one night. Hanukkah night. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. So do you, is it typical to go through the story in Maccabees about, you know, the, the lights or no? Not on Hanukkah. That's a, it's a lightweight holiday. Um, oh, okay. I would say on Passover, sure. most definitely. Passover, sure. you stay at home and you read the book. And on Yom Kippur, yeah. I think a lot of families are going to synagogue um, to listen yeah. to the cult, you know, to, uh, to atone for sins. But Hanukkah is a lightweight holiday in my, in my small understanding of the Jewish faith. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. lightweight. Gotcha. And, and what do you celebrate on Yom Kippur again? 
Is that Day of Atonement or no? Yeah, you're celebrating very little. You don't say Happy Yom Kippur. I made the mistake of doing that one time. Saying Happy Yom Kippur is saying like Happy 9-11 universe, anniversary. Yeah, it's not right. Do it. You you're commemorating. It. So you fast on Yom Kippur, right? Uh-huh. So what you say is, uh, have an easy fast. Oh, okay. You know, because you're supposed to be really doing some serious reflection about the, uh, about the bad you've done, the bad things yeah. that you have done this past year. And so it shouldn't be necessarily a joyous affair. It Got should it. be a somber one. Got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of, of reflection and self-improvement. Yeah. And yeah. I actually go to the, uh, the synagogue for performing arts on Yom Kippur and they have a beautiful service with a harp player who plays a song called the Kol Nidre. Uh -huh. It's Basically a song made to make you think of <laughs> all your worst things. I swear to God. It is the most <laughs> whining, stringing, old sure. Russia song. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it makes you feel super guilty. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they play it three times and then huh. you're atoned. Got it. And you're good for the next 50 days or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> the next Again. year. I have year. such a loose grasp on this religion. That's just my experience. So do you identify as Jewish religiously still? Uh, sure. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, uh, this was a big argument between me and my non-Jewish friends because the school I went to only had about six Jews out of 1,200 or whatever it was. Oh, wow. Something like that. And so they would often say I'm not Jewish because I would always yeah. fluctuate my stance on God. And I oh. was trying to explain to them that Judaism is both a race and religion. Yeah. Both kind of tied up. Right. I'm a non-practicing Jew who right. has other ideas about our creation. Yeah. That's, my, that's how I describe myself. So when you say your ideas of God would fluctuate between, between well, I mean, what is the Jewish idea of God? And then what would your idea of God be? Uh, Again, from my limited understanding, the Jewish idea of God is expressed in the Old Testament, right? He created the chosen people, the uh -huh. Hebrews, uh, and he is both, uh, uh, he is one, and I don't think we have a hell, right? Yeah, yeah, we've, I think we've got, the, right. we've got the commandments in the, in the Old Testament, yeah. those are important to us, Yeah, and the Jewish God is one that you have... I don't know. He's the same. I think it's the same God as the Christian God. I think it's like Pepsi and Coke. I think it's sure. the same exact sure. God without the hell. And yeah. Without all the stuff he does in the New Testament and without the sun. Right. It's like God before he had a kid. Right. Okay. You know? Got it. Bachelor and, God. And are you still, I mean, do you still ascribe to the idea of waiting for a Messiah or no? No. And that's just because I'm impatient. No. <laughs> <laughs> Like the one defining characteristic of the well, Jewish you know, people. It's, yeah. it's on, and I, don't, I can't even tell you whether it's on Passover, Yom Kippur, but we leave a table, and I think it's on Passover. We leave a seat open at the table. Yeah, for Elijah. Elijah. Yeah. You know, which right. I always thought was, you know, I, some see it as optimistic. I see it as delusional. I don't think he's coming. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I always thought that was, but no, I don't. I, I'm not, that's not my, uh, that's not my version of God. No. God Jewish, I think the Jewish, the Judeo-Christian version of a, a singular separate God is also not in line with what I believe currently. Um, okay. But that's the place that I came from. I think for a long time up until maybe I was 11 or 12, uh, that's yeah. what I did believe in a singular separate God. Okay. Um, 
But, uh, you know, everybody gets, like, my sister got bar mitzvahed, my brother got bar mitzvahed. In the age of 13, for some reason, I told my parents I didn't want to get bar mitzvahed. Oh, okay. Uh, she's like, you become a man. I didn't have hair on my balls. And so, like, why am I going to get bar mitzvahed? It was, seemed ridiculous to me. Patently yeah. absurd. So yeah. I avoided that, and then I kind of started thinking about other religions and uh-huh. other versions of God that might have suit, suited me better. Sure. So, so what was your shopping around experience like? What kind of other ideas of God attracted you? Well, we had we had religion class when I was in, I think, almost a, a freshman or a sophomore. We had to, I studied Kabbalah, which is Jewish mysticism for a little bit. Oh, okay. And then we, we studied Buddhism to some extent. Uh, and then we take a really deep dive into Christianity. Yeah. Uh, which was, which was great. I really do. I, I have a lot of respect for many religions and Christianity being one of them. Yeah. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. But then we had to write a paper. And in that paper, I created my own religion when I was younger. Oh. It was called scientific Jewish optimism. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So what were, the, what were the, the tenets of your faith? Oh my gosh. Nice. That was awesome. Scary. Tenets of my faith. You, yeah. um, where is that? Uh, by science, we can understand our world better. Okay. Right. And through practice of the Jewish moral system, that's already so there. The, the Ten Commandments. I didn't have to write anything else, Seth. It's already there. <laughs> I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. You know sure. what I mean? Fair enough. Well, if it works. By practicing of that, you can know yourself better. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, optimism, if you're able. Yeah. Which oh. is just like, so it was, it was a simple one. It was a simple one. That didn't yeah. hold on very long. And that yeah. was right before I went to college, which, of course, you know, I, I went through my hardcore atheist phase. Uh, sure, sure. You yes. have to, right? I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I never really went through that phase. Um, no. But I can understand it. I can understand going through it, wanting to explore that idea. Uh, so what about, I mean, okay, so what about now? So you were atheist in, in college and, and now. Where do you fall? Do you think? Um, I am. I do believe that uh, God is a verb and not a noun. Okay. So, what do you mean by that? Well, when I first moved to Los Angeles, it was the first time in my life that I had been separated from all of my family because, at least in Miami, I was living with my brother. Mm. But now in LA, I was like three thousand miles away from every them, uh, from all of them, and I had uh, very few friends. Yeah. And so I was experiencing intense loneliness for the first time mm-hmm. and in a little bit, you know, and so I would, uh, the, the way I would go to sleep at night is I would think very hard about hoping that good things happened for all of my family members. Okay. Yeah. You know, just think about, you know, I hope met my brother tomorrow at the hospital, all his patients get better. I hope my sister's students learn something. I hope my father's patients get better. I hope my mom, uh, you know, uh, all her animals are happy or whatever it is. Yeah, right. Sure. And I sure. realized that I was praying. Yeah. Just not to a person. Yeah. And I had, I had made fun, especially just coming from kind of like a college time in my life of the right. act of prayer for so long. Right. Um, and that made me uh, reassess religion very uh-huh. seriously. Was and there so, a, a catalytic, like a, a turning point, a catalytic moment that moved you back to this sort of focused meditation prayer? Um. It, I don't think it was a catalytic moment. I mean, it was, it was just, I was living in freaking Van Nuys, which first of all. <laughs> so you were lonely the, and desperate. 
was lonely. <laughs> I was in Van Nuys. My mattress was on the ground. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hadn't gotten my foothold here in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And I was a much more immature version of myself. So I just found myself in a lot of tough situations. <laughs> I hadn't fared before. And uh, gotcha. yeah. It's in, and I just think, you know, being weak. Yeah. Uh, I think often there, a lot of the stories that have been like in the Bible are about people finding God in moments of weakness. Sure. Yeah, uh, and I don't think that that's to say that that is uh, that religion you know preys upon the weak. I just think we're more easily. It's okay. You can yawn during the crescendo of my genius point regarding religion. Sorry. It's not a big. No, Sorry. it's not. Go please. on, go on. Please. No, I'm listening. I'm listening. I just found a use for it for the first time. It's yes. like I used to be anti-technology. Like, oh, f- Dad, I'm gonna call you. I don't text. Uh-huh. And now I'm like, I don't want to Skype with you. Let's come over. Let's hang out. Right. And, now I have no choice but to, you know, <laughs> but to update it. my update my computer and use technology. So yeah, 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 that, yeah, that made me reassess it. And now I believe that, you know, we are part of God. You and I, okay. you know, I think Christians say that you were made in God's image. I I say that we are all made of God. Yeah, uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, do you believe in an afterlife or no? I believe, uh, I guess not in, uh, you know, there's a phrase that says, you know, um, I think we know more own the energy that runs through us than a light bulb owns the electricity that runs through it. Okay. Uh, which makes me feel like an afterlife in this form. No. Yeah. But do I do, do all the, my components go back and continue to be in this world? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. And so there is not... something eternal about us. Yes. And it's, it's what we're comprised of. I mean, you're 14.5 billion years old as far as we can tell, right? Yeah. The stardust. We're... That's what we are, baby. Yeah. We're stardust. Yeah. I love it. I love we're it. We're stardust. Yeah. And uh, we're ancient in that yeah. sense. So we return to that. That's what we've always been. I don't think there's an afterlife where we have wants and desires. Mm. I think want, wanting is a very mortal thing. Wanting mm. is a human thing it's a very animal thing yeah i think eternal thing gotcha so when you talk about god then you're not talking about a person or an individual no i don't think yeah um i don't think god is bipedal Uh uh-huh right is it like a floating octopus or no but but the octopus come on if there was a representation of god that we have on this earth would not be, be the pretty octopus. cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Octopus can eat their own <laughs> tentacles and grow them back. That's amazing. I, it right? is. They can fit into tiny, tiny spaces. Be enormous. Well, I guess yeah. that's actually what I'm struggling with right now because I think in my return to trying to um, trying to find my religion mm-hmm. is, that, is that is that an REM song that I just accidentally? Oh yeah. Uh, losing maybe. my religion. Losing. Yeah. 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 You already did that. You already did that. I just realized that when I was atheist, I was just rejecting all the answers that I was given and is saying that, oh, that's why God doesn't exist because these five answers I've looked at very briefly don't look good to me. Yeah. You know, so that the whole idea of a higher power is completely stupid. I realized Mm -hmm. how faulty that was. Mm. And so the best of my, as I sit here thinking about it, yes, God is not a separate. That's what I mean. I don't think God is a separate thing. I think we are all part of God. Right, right, right. Okay. So you, it sounds like you sort of ascribe to more of a Nirvana ish idea uh, of 
sort of coming back to God at the end or is we die, we yeah. go into the earth and we get to experience the blissful nothingness that we've experienced <laughs> for the first 14.5 billion years of our life. Got it. Okay. So it's before birth. That's the theory you ascribe to. Oh yeah. That we have Just been non-consciousness sort of nothing. non-consciousness, nothing. Yeah. Black. Yes. Got it. Got it. So how does, do you find that idea comforting? Because to me, that idea is not very comforting. But for some, it is, and I can understand that. I do. Um, One of the things I say to myself before I'll go on stage is 14.5 billion years. Interesting. Just to to remind myself that I've been around here for a while. Yeah. We all have. And I'm going to be around here for a while, and this is a moment in a very, very, very long span of time. Whatever this moment happens to be. But it's not a – I mean – from what I gather from what you're saying, the moment though is this is all you know because you don't know before and there will be no after that you will be conscious of. So this is What do you mean I don't pinnacle. know before? I know before. No, you, okay, tell me a memory of before. Of before exactly. Birth. Because memories, so humans, right? Consciousness is comprised of our memories of our pain. That's how we get our identity, right? And our joy. Memories are, and joy. Mostly pain, right? <laughs> Right, I ascribe to the Judaism coming out of you. No, no, no. I ascribe (laughs) to the Westworld version of consciousness, the bicameral mind, right? right. One that completely gains consciousness by its moments of pain. Okay, that's that's a very human identity. Yeah. So if you you just don't remember an identity that you had before once. Yeah, but if but if there's nothing that you remember before, and there's nothing you will remember after then this is all you will remember. This is all you will know. So that moment is infinitely important. It's not is, just a little this is, blip This is time. all I will know, but this is not all I will be. Ah, and I think okay. we're obsessed with knowing and having things in our head and controlling. I think we're, I don't know, maybe so. I feel like we're more obsessed. And my idea of the afterlife is more centered around experience. What do you mean experience? Well, I mean having experiences, Right. So I believe we will be conscious after this life. In set form. Right. Right. I will and, still be me. And what yeah. and it'll be an upgraded life. It'll be like life. Yeah. But better. Yeah. yeah. Less exactly. pain. Less pain. Right. No. Depending no pain depending on how good of a person we try to be and are here, less pain after. Yeah. On a sliding scale? Yeah. Very seriously. Yeah, very seriously. It's yeah, done yeah. That, the, yeah. The, the, the ledger is that, that, that specific and that numerical. No, I don't, think, I don't think it's necessarily a specific, you know, tit for tat, God is keeping score. I think it's more, uh, so in Mormonism, we believe that there are, are tiers in heaven, uh, levels, if you want, uh, what we call degrees of glory. So those who are not very good people uh, here on this earth will actually go to the lowest level of heaven and hell for Mormonism is relatively very small. Very Wait. few people go to the traditional idea of hell in Mormonism. So almost everybody gets to go to heaven. It's just, you don't get to go to the right. top one. Right. And in Mormonism, the top one, the very top one is uh, man and woman married together forever and making worlds and other spirit children to go down to those worlds and, and take on physical form 
and do what we do right here. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's about experiences after this life, things that we will remember after this life. And in Mormonism, we believe we will also gain memory of before this life, after this life. Uh, so I think experiences are incredibly important. And if you can't have memory, then what is the experience? And maybe, maybe it's just, you know, our, our, my understanding of what you're saying is just limited given what we call time and experience in this life. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And also what I'm saying about what I believe is completely incomplete. You know, so cool. it's very difficult. You're, you're trying to stab at it and poke at it. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's fair. And that's fair. Because currently I ascribe to, I mean, I, I made my own religion again. And it's kind of a joke, but it's not really a joke. It's called the Church yeah. of Doubt. Right? Okay. And we D-A-O. have D-A-O? Doubt. Oh, doubt. I thought you said yeah. Dow. Okay. Like Dow. Like was that. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like or the, T-A-O. But yeah, doubt. Okay. Doubt like the band. The, the, the early Like no doubt. Band. Like no doubt. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, the Church of Doubt has two tenets. Okay. Uh, the first tenet is, um, I don't know if there's an afterlife. Yeah. But we'll worry about that when we get there. Sure. Fair enough. Right? It's just, and then the That's, second one is, yeah. you have to see the car in order to call shotgun. Okay. You know, just, and then everything yeah. after that, we're just amending as we go along. Because yeah. I do believe that, um, that doubt, doubt um, in, in searching is a religion of its own. Mm-hmm. And because I do believe that certainty usually is the seed of all the bad things that does happen. It's the seed of a lot of really good things too. Mm. Yeah. But, but certainty has led to some of the most heinous things that have occurred on this earth. So, yeah. So do you believe that there is a devil or a negative force counteracting whatever sort of God force you believe in that I would assume is for the ultimate good, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, do you within you have thoughts that are impure? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I do too all the time. Right. So of course there is. Yeah. Of course there's an, right. We are, we know that we're able to see our own thoughts and see, wait a second, that thought, is out of place with my morals and my principles. Sure. So for me to say that, no, there's no negative force. Well, it's within me. So that's uh, okay. Yeah. So I'm very aware of the devil inside me. Yeah. The devil that says uh, that I'm better than people. Yeah. In any way, shape or form, the devil that says that I should have something that somebody else has or yeah. that they shouldn't have it. Yeah. 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 They don't deserve or it. Or I deserve more or I deserve less. Yeah. I think there's right. a devil inside me and I think there's a God inside me. Yeah. And I think that we've all been blessed with that inside each other. So yes, in that sense, I do believe it. But I think they're, that they're here with us today on this plane, that they're not in a next life. Yeah. That we're Pushing actually, or pulling strings. and They're not battling each other. You uh-huh. know, we, are, we are basically refereeing the battle of them within us. Got it. Got it's it. The, uh, it's the, you know, the two wolves. There's this old Native American saying uh, that there, there are two wolves inside us. Yeah. Uh, it's selfishness and love. Yeah, and, well, you know, a bit of which, the yin yang. Yeah, which one wins right. the one you feed? Yeah, you know, that's the kind of concept. Yeah. I oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, sweet right. man. Uh, cool. Well, let me give you a chance uh, to ask me what's the deal with Mormonism. Uh, anything um, regarding Mormonism that you've wondered about or that's bothered you? Okay, so I have been jealous of Mormons sure. for some time. Oh, okay. I think that the mission trip is one of the most brilliant 
Uh-huh. And um, brilliant ways to to knit a community together. Oh, okay. Right. And so I, so, you know, it, for, in any community, it doesn't have to be, and I just wanted to know, are yeah. you still like best friends with the person that you went on the trip with? Are you guys calling each other all the time? So that might be one misconception. We're not sent in pairs that we stay together for the two years. What? It's not yeah. like a buddy cop movie the whole time? No. No, man. No. The, what were the stints like? What were the what? Stints. How, how many it, different partners did you have? Yeah, it varied. Uh, and we called them companions to avoid any confusion um, in today's vernacular in particular. Sure. Uh, but I had, let me think, seven. I think I had seven different companions over the two years. Uh, sort of averaged out to, or maybe six. It was like four months. It was six. I had six companions, and it averaged out to about four months each companion. Wow. And yeah. do you have relationships with how many of them now? Um, man, I keep in touch with, what, three, four. They're also, they're also guys that I got to know that I was not paired with, but... Um, there's a whole sort of bureaucracy with any religion and on the mission, it is uh, maybe somewhat amplified because you're a young man out basically unsupervised other than by your peers, which is a very interesting concept too. So we are put in districts, little groups that kind of keep track of each other. And uh, so there are people that I knew and served around and with in a district that I also keep in touch with. Um, not just companions. Yeah. But I, I'm in touch with four, four or five of, of those. And did you, uh, and so, so should I be as lustful as I am for this program to be released nationwide? Are you, are you saying that I should pump the brakes a little bit on how excited I am by the idea of, well, I mean, what about the, the mission experience do you wish you had? Well, I did, I did, um, I did a program called city year. Okay. In which I got to, um, I got to go into communities that I wasn't, uh, I didn't grow up in, with a yeah. team, four or five people, and we were put in a school, uh-huh. and we get small group lessons. And I'm still friends with all those people, and yeah. that was one of the most enriching experiences of my life. It got me to be way less of an. Sure. Um, yeah, working with yeah. kids is really good for that, making you less of an. Yeah. Um, or more of an. You're gonna go one way or another. Yeah, you're gonna go one way or the other. And I um, think the mission experience is very similar in that aspect, right? Uh, I mean, I found it very fulfilling. I know people who did not find it fulfilling, and who it was actually detrimental to their faith, um, given the experiences that they had and the choices they made and how they interpreted and viewed those experiences. I think the mission amplifies whatever you have going into it. Um, it certainly is valuable to go uh, somewhere else, whether it's, you know, to a different country or not, just to get out of your bubble, always beneficial. And to be focused on service, always beneficial. Those two things are great. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think everybody should do that. Right. If we could implement that sort of in like a coast guard or, or, you know, uh, national guard capacity, might be beneficial for our country like korea you know south korea does this 
There's a couple. Um, there's a couple candidates who are floating the idea of some sort of national service program in exchange for college tuition, stuff like that. That I thought were great. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But you know, it's also to be focused on your faith, right, and to build your testimony about the faith and about about your relationship with God. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it would benefit everybody, but I don't think everybody would would necessarily benefit from that kind of focus. Now, now, um, uh, I heard that Mormons have a game night once a week. Is this true? Like, a, like almost all Mormon families have game night. Yeah. Once a week. I mean, so when I was growing up, it's, it's called family home evening is the technical term for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And that still happens, right? I mean, now during COVID times, it's every night, man. We're, we're partying every night together as a family. Jealous of that too. I can't yeah. convince my roommates to play board games with me. <laughs> they don't want to do it. Well, I every yeah. board game out. They don't yeah. want to do it. Just poker. Unbelievable. We'll see. And my wife hates board games. I, I, I personally love board games, yeah. but my I wife like hates them. them. So, you know, maybe if uh, just your girlfriend like board games. She likes poker. Well, Maybe yeah. it's just maybe it's it's a poker it's gonna family. Be a poker. It's gonna be a it's poker gonna family. Be a poker. We're gonna be poker <laughs> family. Fine. That's perfect. No, that's fine. okay. Yeah, that's okay. Make it strip poker. Make it fun. No, 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 no. We play for <laughs> real cold hard cash. Getting people to know you in these times though, when they've just lost a poker game to you, is very difficult. Yeah. What, what can you threaten? What no, you nothing. Threaten? Right? You're not gonna see them. They don't no. have to worry about the social disgrace. It's very difficult. Yeah, yeah. In fact, you shouldn't see them. Right? If you did yeah. see them, a pox That'd upon you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Zach, thank you so much for joining me, man. We got to wrap up, uh, but I want to give you a chance to finish that thought you had and then plug whatever it is you want to plug. How much toilet paper do you have? Sufficient for our needs. We've got, I think we do not hoard it. We actually have it on a, like an Amazon subscription. So hopefully we'll see if we get it in, uh, in May is our next delivery. We'll see. Nice. I do want to plug one thing. Yeah. If you have the ability, please go to Amazon, watch Miss Maisel, The Marvelous Miss Maisel. It's tremendous. It's tremendous. It'll now, make did you, you follow like, your dreams. Did you like Gilmore Girls too or no? No. No, 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 no. But I did. I did. Uh, no, no. I made out with the producer of One Tree Hill. I did not make out with the producer of Gilmore Girls. Sorry. Oh, well, yeah, unbelievable. So but you didn't watch nothing. the show. If no. If you make no, out no, no. with someone involved with the show, you don't watch it. Don't watch it. So who are you making out with in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Zach? Thanks so much for having me on your show, Seth. It's always a pleasure. Zach, you're such a fun guy. Thank you for doing this, having this No, of course. This is awesome. I really appreciate it, and thank you. And have a lovely, lovely hunker. Thank you. You too. Best of luck. Bye. Bye.